Lucky Lab. Hi, and welcome to Cookie Lab. I'm Jill. And I'm Chris. And Jill, we are moving on with our Ginger Spectacular. Ginger Palooza. Yes. We had a little break last week when I introduced... The um, eggnog snickerdoodle. The eggnog snickerdoodle. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. If you guys haven't heard that one, go back and plan to put it in your holiday rotation for sure. And we served it to friends. Yeah, we did that uh, just this this past week. Yeah, and it was very popular. It was. Yeah, even with people who don't like eggnog. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's you, Craig. And who like snickerdoodles. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not me. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. Well, we already knew that this is a, a, a favorite cookie of yours now. Yeah. But that might be because you're kind of an eggnog super fan like me. Yeah. yeah. Love those. But that. But that's not what we came here to talk about. <laughs> no. This week we are moving back into the year of ginger. <laughs> and we are going to be exploring all the different types of ginger treats and cookies uh, that you can make. Probably not all of them, but And several. probably just cookies. Yes. And some people would say that today's confection is not a cookie. But oh, really? I will correct them. Okay. Yeah. I can't wait to learn more. It is called a gingerbread blondie. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like a... Have you heard of a blondie? It's like a bar cookie, basically. It is a bar cookie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Much like the brownie, blondies originated in the United States. Oh, it's a down-home concoction. Yep. However... Who invented these tasty snacks is a bit of a mystery. Oh, I was going to say, I assume you figured it out. Is it still an unsolved mystery? Which as, uh, who said it? I'm thinking about Mike Birbiglia because he said that pre-existing conditions are just existing conditions. (laughs) But somebody said that unsolved unsolved mysteries mysteries are are just just mysteries. mysteries. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. It is, it continues to be a mystery that has been unsolved. Okay. And we do, however, if you've listened back to our podcast many years ago, or at least one, because this is the second year, <laughs> and it is... This is kind of, we're kind of going into the third we're, year. We're, yeah, we're yeah. going into the third year, and we will, on New Year, celebrate the new year of Cookie Lab. Oh, that will be an exciting... Yeah, coming up. Momentous occasion. We do, however, and we've talked about this, know who published the first recipe for brownies. Okay. It was Mrs. It was it, it was Fanny Farmer. It was Fanny, Mrs. Yeah. Fanny Farmer. <laughs> yeah. In 1896, but this brownie recipe that she published had no chocolate in it. What? Get out. Stop it. It's a brownie recipe with no chocolate in it? Yeah. It was not until 1906. What what that, what made it brown? Did we discuss this? No. I am shocked. This by is this brand information. new information. Yeah. Brand new 200-year-old information. <laughs> <laughs> in 1906, in the revised first edition of the Fanny Farmer Boston Cooking School cookbook, which was 648 pages long. Uh, which my book club would say no thank you to. That's about <laughs> the cutoff for us. She had a rewrite of the 1896 recipe 
which was the Mary Lincoln Boston Cooking School textbook. That was the first published book, but then when Fanny Farmer made the cookbook, she rewrote the textbook. She wrote the book. Mm-hmm. If you want to talk about brownies with no chocolate in them, she's your gal. Yeah, so it was one cup of sugar, a quarter cup of melted butter, one egg, three quarters teaspoon of vanilla, one half cup of flour, and one half cup of walnuts. It sounds like a blondie, Chris. It sounds like a blondie. Now, this is according to sponge.co.uk. Oh, they don't know what they're talking about. It's an American creation. Yeah, but but the the English are very precise. So that's why I You mean use like with their non-metric site. measurements? What I don't <laughs> So unlike cakes, because blondies are classified as finger foods, Mm -hmm. they fall under the category of a cookie. Yeah, I'm okay with that. All right. Yeah. And it's believed that blonde brownies actually predate chocolate brownies by about 10 years. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. And before chocolate brownies came about, blondies were called brownies. Or if they added molasses, they were called molasses brownies. (laughs) Okay, this is awesome. Thank you for uncovering that nugget, Chris. The original name of a brownie for these treats came from the elfin characters of brownies. Yes, they were were like fairies that would come and clean up your kitchen, right? Yeah, popular in books and folk tales. And it wasn't until the mid-1970s or early 1980s that the term blondie actually seemed to appear. Okay. Like magic. Uh-huh. I think the elfin brownies. The elfin magic at were work. We're tired of everybody just calling everything brownies. Mm-hmm. According to Savoir. Which sounds com, more authoritative yes. than sponge.co.uk. No <laughs> offense, guys. I just. In the mid 1900s, molasses brownies became known as blonde brownies. And, uh-huh. and soon the name shortened to blondies. Makes sense. Giving this its own identity outside of the brownie shadow <laughs> but no can you imagine how awesome it felt yeah to for just, the blondie for just say its name out loud for the first time yeah and say my out, name come out from behind that shadow yeah feel the sun blondie. feel the sun blondies and i <laughs> and perhaps it coincided but i'm just making this up with the cartoon <laughs> dagwood and blondie you could have a dagwood sandwich and a blondie for dessert. And a blondie for dessert. Or maybe it has to do with Blondie, the awesome band fronted by Debbie Harry. Could be. Although she doesn't seem to be that much of a sweet treat Betty Crocker type. No, but she was spicy mm-hmm. like the gingerbread. Yes. Okay. Blondie. So tell me about this Blondie, Chris. Well, this Blondie is a classic Blondie recipe, but... It has grated fresh ginger in it. Mm, and it's going to be so good. And two tablespoons of, you could use vanilla extract or espresso itself or bourbon. I wanted something that had a bite to it. So I put in bourbon. Okay. I was going for a really bitey blondie. A bitey blondie. And also it looks like you've put some kind of frosting or glaze upon it. Melted white chocolate. Oh. Just drizzle. To balance out that bite. No, just to make it look pretty. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Would you like to try it? I would. All right. Let's go. Mm. It is so moist. So soft. 
It is like a pillow for a princess. It has a really zingy flavor from that ginger. It's not your grandmother's blondie. It's so soft and moist. I love it. I love it too. If it had chocolate, you would describe it as fudgy, but it's not. But it's got that texture. I want to do more stuff to it. Of almost a fudge. <laughs> what do you want to do to like it? Put pretzels in it, and mm. and I want to make it like the only thing I eat all day. I'm gonna put a fried Chicken. egg on top of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's perfect. It would be perfect after a nice savory meal because it's sweet. Yum! So it's just ground ginger. Oh, you put? Did you put fresh ginger? I, no, fr- it's grated ginger. Grated ginger. It. You yeah. said that. Yeah, you can tell it's a so fresh tasting. Freshly grated ginger. But not um, like overpowering, and you then, know? And then ginger and cinnamon and allspice mm-hmm. and black pepper and a pinch of ground cloves. Mm. So I don't taste the pepper, listeners, if you're worried about it being... No. I think the pepper just gives you a little bit of the back of the throat or back of the tongue bite. This is a revelation, this cookie. Thank you for bringing it. Yeah, I'm usually not a huge fan of the blondie. They're fine, but this is an adult blondie. Maybe it's the bourbon that's making it so fancy? I, I don't know. We'll have to try it again with just the vanilla. I don't know. That might. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to wouldn't take anything thing. away from it. I might want to have fun adding even more things to it. But okay. I, I, but you do whatever you you want yeah, in your lab. Anybody can do anything. Yeah. with it. Yeah, you can. Everyone has their own lab. You could put fruit in it. You could put nuts in it. The recipe said you could. You should put nuts in it. I'm not a huge nut fan, so mm-hmm. I didn't put any nuts in it. I am a huge nut fan. Mm-hmm. I, I I like nuts but, on their own. Don't get the, me wrong. But the softness of this w- might be interrupted by a sudden nut. <laughs> But that doesn't explain why I wanted to put pretzels in it. I don't know. I don't know. It's um, it's wonderful. And w- when I'm trying to, if, if I have trouble, any trouble falling asleep tonight from this large cup of coffee that you've given me. Yeah. The large <laughs> cup will... of decaf coffee. <laughs> Is it? Is yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to think about all the different things I can do. Although, but it's perfect just as is. Yeah. Also. Maybe you wanted a little salty something on, on there. I don't know. Yeah. It huh. can be a base for so many Amazing creations it can. And, and stand alone by itself. I give it a three out of three. Oh, we're back to the scale. It's so good. We're going to use the cookie lab, the cookie scale of three. All right. Hope I, I, th- I have a sense that the next ginger cookies like we're doing are all going to be threes. You think? I think so. It's a secret weapon of cookie success. I think so. Do you think we'll get tired of it? Do you think we'll we'll be like, no, you know, for the love of all that is delicious, can I please eat something else? Well, I think we'll break it up in the middle, perhaps. Okay. But I think there's so many different things you can do with ginger that we won't get tired of it. Okay. Let's find out. Chris, do you have any any science to go with this cookie today? I have science from the National Institute of Health. Okay. Shout out to Dr. Fauci. And whoever the new person is. Oh. Right? There's a new person who uh, who's making the rounds and making the NIH hip again. Nice. Shout out to my friend Melissa who works for whoever that person is. Well, we're going to talk about ginger. Zingiber officinal. 
is the scientific name. Zingiber? Zingiber. <laughs> Zingiber. Is one of the most commonly consumed. So then why don't we call it Zinger? Probably because people just, you know, slowly changed it to ginger instead of Zinger. Maybe when it came over to Ellis Island, whoever wrote it down. Right, 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 right. That happens the all the G, time. Yeah. The Z. Especially yeah. like German, you know, letters sometimes yeah. look a little different. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. They would say Epsilon I. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's like when they sing when the, in the German alphabet that I learned in high school. Uh-huh. And when you sing the, the ABCs, alphabet song, yeah. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, U, K, L, M, N, O, P. And then X, Epsilon, Z. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Epsilon is Y. Y, okay. Yeah, Epsilon is Y, Z. Z. Boom, boom. Because <laughs> all German songs end with boom, boom. <laughs> Excellent. So it's one of the most commonly consumed dietary condiments in the world. And as we've talked about before, the oily resin from the rhizomes. Right, right. The nitrogen fixing rhizomes. Mm, have many bioactive components. Such uh, as? Well, ginger has been used for thousands of years for treatment of ailments such as colds, oh. nausea, yeah. arthritis, oh. migraines, and hypertension. Fabulous. Uh, it contains a very high level of antioxidants. Evidence does seem to suggest from the NIH itself that ginger and some of its components are effective antioxidants in vitro, which means in the test tube, in the laboratory. Okay. However... Whether the physiological activity occurs in humans or in vivo is not clear. And specific mechanisms and the cells that it attacks are still to be determined. So we don't know if it does have mystery. effects. We don't know how or why or where. Future scientists of America, so future PhD we have a project students. for you. There you go. What the NIH tells us about ginger is it's been used for years to do things, but we don't scientifically have the evidence to say, yes, it does in humans. These statements have not been approved by the Food and Drug Administration, in other words. Exactly. Or the NIH. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the science. But I look, like millennia of, of grandmas cannot be wrong, right? They could be. No, it, it could be all a placebo. <laughs> I but guess you stay be disappointing, tuned though. to the ginger episode. Yeah, yeah, more will, and more we will, will come out. More. more information. This is just a ginger teaser. Like uh, somebody, one of the former White House press secretaries has said that it is their job to tell the truth very slowly. <laughs> same, That's same with like Cookie us. Lab. Yeah, Cookie Lab. The truth. One cookie at a time. A new, yet another tagline. That's for, for us. the for for the season three. So, in lieu of keep your paws off my gingerbread blondies, that's what I should say. <laughs> we will be releasing the truth, one cookie at a time. Excellent. And well, thank you so much. And we'll see you next week. See you next week. Yeah, with more ginger. Indeed. Okay. Excellent. Bye. Bye, Chris. The 
It's Cookie Lab. <laughs>